We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith podcast. We're going to be reviewing the... Who did we play out? Bournemouth game. Bournemouth. <laughs> how, many, how many beers did you have last night? Well, you know, it's, times have changed. We're, we're back to back to winning ways, and yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a good evening. Um, yes, we're going to be talking about the the two week winning streak we are now on, um, amongst other form, things. Form and yeah, team just, in the league, I think. Yeah, t- talking about um, how we're all wrong in this <laughs> Newcastle I'm in. Um, so yeah, I'm joined by Ben Wade and Andy Bolland. Hello, lads. Hi, hello. All right. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll get straight into it. Um, so yeah, as I've said, two two wins, six points in two games, two wins in a row. Um, you could argue we should have got points or more points at Cardiff. Should have got something at Man U. Brighton was unlucky. We we should have got at least a draw there. Um, the question is, have we all overreacted to the bad start this season? And is this team better than they've maybe been given credit for? And we've all kind of shout ourselves a bit um, Ben I'll come to you first what do you think um, I think well me personally I'm definitely guilty I mean I remember towards the back end of last season I was saying how I, I, I thought they were all, all good enough for this level and if, if not better and saying how good a squad I thought they were and then obviously 10 games in in the run we've been on um, I've, I've been quite critical of them I think it's it's somewhere in the, in the middle I mean I think when they when they put in the um the, the work rate like they did yesterday and and they, they have got quality i think the problem with this squad is it's just that consistency um now they're not as consistent as other teams with obviously in terms of um ability this there's obviously a hell a, a lot better teams than we are um in the league but i think we normally make up for for that um with rafa's tactics in terms of the structure and, and we're a hard team to break down and then the work rate of the players so I think that can often um, balance things out. I think with what we've lacked, obviously, and, and it is still the case, the, the quality up front um, behind Rondon. I mean, Rondon, it just shows you it really. We were, there's, there's been a few people sort of having a pop at uh, Rafa, sort of allowing the strikers to leave and, and who we brought in. Um, obviously, we hadn't really seen Rondon um, have a proper run in the team and, and actually sort of been 
being able to um, sort of show us what he can do. The, the last two games, he's, he's been a key key player in that, and especially yesterday. I mean, if, if we didn't have him, I, I, we wouldn't have won that game. It's that, it's that simple. Not just because of his goals, but just his um, he's hold-up play. I think had he you've come off at, say, 60 minutes or whatever, I'm not sure we would have held on because the work he was doing towards the back end of that game last yesterday, sort of holding the ball up, he was just too, too big and too powerful powerful for the Bournemouth defenders they couldn't get the ball off him he was winning vital free kicks and it just gave us an out ball it gave us an option that when we were struggling and, and we were sort of getting pegged back a bit we, we we had somebody to hold the ball up and allow us to push out and, and put Bournemouth back under pressure and, and that was key I mean I, you were never going to get that with, with Hoslu or or any of the others up, up front so um, I think there's, there's there's some quality in the side now that we could see that it has been missing and I think we 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 still we still got the the, the sort of the, the attributes and the the characters characteristic of, of last season's team whereby we're, we're tough to beat. So um, yes, probably some people have been a bit low on them, ourselves included. But um, at the end of the day, we 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 know what they're capable of because of that run they went on at the end of last season. And it was just frustrating that we we weren't seeing that. Yeah, Boland. Um of, has it just been a case of, of bad luck? I mean, I've mentioned the Cardiff game, man, you uh, didn't get a penalty. Um, and the luck's kind of gone our way in the last two games where you kind of we rode our luck first half against Watford and then, then sneaked the result. Um, Bournemouth could and probably should have had a penalty first half, but we've got away with that and then we've gone on to kind of comfortably beat them. But with a bit of help, is it a case of, you know, we've, we've had some bad luck and lost some games and we've had some good luck and won some games and actually... All's, all isn't as bad as we thought the the thing with this Newcastle side is and I think it's something that we all know is that for this side to win football games we basically need everything to go in our favour and they need to execute Rafa's game plan to perfection um, the, we don't have the quality that's obvious but we, what we do have is a bunch of lads who are just really really committed to the cause and that's meant but as we've seen, like the Bournemouth game yesterday could have easily been a point they had chances Watford the, the week before as well it's not like these have been comfortable back-to-back victories in my opinion um, haven't, you know, they're great points for us but I'm not going to get too carried away and stop thinking that these players the majority of these players are good enough to play for Newcastle United because that's partly probably what Lee Charnley and Mike Ashley are hoping that we, we think so it comes around to January and you can, they can go well look at us we're 10th we don't need to invest again Um so I, I don't maybe we have been a little bit harsh with the criticism over the last few weeks but there's still players in the team that probably shouldn't be playing for us um, to touch on what Ben was just saying about Rondon and you know letting the other strikers go yeah, yeah Rondon looks like a really quality player but if he gets injured then we're right back to where we were two weeks ago where we're going to have to start playing people like Hossu and I mean, that's not really Rafa's had to make a pragmatic decision to bring Rondon in and let Gale go but it's left us really really vulnerable if Rondon's to pick up another injury then we're, then we're going to be pretty stitched because he's, he's made a, a, a colossal difference to the side and the way we play yeah uh, I agree I agree um, it's, all, it's all I mean this points straight back to the running of the club uh, and I'm, I hate to go straight back on the attack of uh, Ashley and Charnley after two wins and you want to just talk about the football for a change and enjoy it because I really enjoyed my day at the match yesterday for the first time this season it was class um, but Rondon coming in later than planned 
in fact all the signs coming later than planned it just got such a knock on effect Rondon hasn't been fit so we've missed him for 10 games and yeah that could have happened anyway as you say Bolland it's it's a risky strategy to have such a reliance on, on a player who is a new player but that's what we've left ourselves with and that's how they've kind of the only way Rafa was allowed to bring in this player was by letting go all the other options basically um it, it's, it just reeks of, of us not being organised and the, the farcical running of the club and you know the new players have to learn how to play with Rondon and everything's just been set back and it's taken us a while to kind of find our feet again and it's just a waste of the first 10 games of the season once again we, we're always slow to start because we piss around in the transfer window and leave everything too late and then make panic signings on the last day and it's all just it means we never never get off to a good start and never get to go on the kind of run that makes us think ooh we could really push on and and win something this season or, or look at the cup so we're going to get to January again where we're still battling out for relegation and the FA Cup can't really take precedent whereas if we'd got ourselves off to a solid a start and kind of established ourselves we could be going into January really comfortable and thinking you know what let's have a cup run and, and let's get excited about winning something this season but instead I've got that strange feeling of yes I was buzzing to, to come away with a second win in, in this you know in seven days but what what's the point? Like it's it's just another wasted season where we just do the same merry dance again. Um, you say that, Sire. I that... put uh, I put ten quid on us to win the FA Cup last night. So <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right, but you know what? If we can, we've got some good fixtures coming up. We can, it is still possible for us to get ourselves because there's so many bad teams down there to get ourselves kind of comfortably clear of the the bottom five, say. And if we can do that by January, then Rafa will probably hoy everything at the FA Cup because why not? So, yeah, um, if we can get a decent cup run, it's possible. So, yeah, fair enough. I'll try not to any, bring any more negativity to this podcast, which should be about what was an excellent win yesterday. Um, ben, you've kind of done Rondon. He was, he was tremendous. Bolland, have you got anything more to say about, I mean, the, the greatest centre-forward performance we've seen since, like, I don't know, Bar, Cissé? Yeah. yeah, I just thought he was, he was just brilliant. I thought against as Watford as well is... is I think what we knew we'd get from him was that his hold-up play and his work rate were going to be brilliant because that's what you saw him at West Brom. Um, what I hope continues is that he's obviously taken taken his second goal incredibly well, and that's what we, yeah. that's what we need to see more of, and that's what Rodon needs to add to his game. Really, I think we've we've laboured the point of this podcast in the past. You know, I don't think he's ever reached double figures in a Premier League season, and you can say that's just because of the like anti-football that West Brom have played, but. It is something that he needs to continue with, and um, it's all round play. It was brilliant. It just need we just need him to keep scoring because if he's not scoring, you you do worry about where the goals are coming from. Um, if someone else notable notable um, performance yesterday was Kennedy. I thought Kennedy was absolutely superb. I was back back yeah. to his yeah. back to his very best. The cross for the for the second goal is outrageous as well. Um, so it's just a shame that we don't own these two players. Almost veering off on a negative tangent again, but our two best players yesterday aren't even Newcastle United's players. It's, it's mental. It's, it's it's mental, but it's true. Bolland, you're right. Um, yeah, uh, Kennedy was was fantastic. I mean that that second goal was just brilliant all around. Um, we'll, we'll come on to uh, the, the the kind of three new lads we could call them um, in a minute, but it started with Key that that he just picked up the ball, didn't really have much on, and then he just spotted Kennedy out the corner of his eye. On the opposite touchline, and just like fired the ball at the most like straight pass, but in the air, it was just, it was just beautiful. And even Kennedy struggled to control it. it. It was a bad first touch, went up in the air, but then he still brought it down and put in the most ludicrous cross, which was 
finished off with the most ludicrous header. We don't get to see goals like that very often these days, and it was just it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, you kind of that lead us nicely into the the three kind of talking points of the last two games. Um, obviously, Key I've just mentioned who, who started that goal off. Um, Fabian Cher, who's come in and had one and a half tremendous games, and uh, Perez, who after being dropped last week, seems to be fucking brilliant again out of nowhere. Um, lads, are they are they, all three of those players now kind of in contention? It's got, um, assuming assuming everyone's. Fit. I think it was about this time last season. I think was it Marino came in and Gale got dropped for hospital. We sat here and we were talking about how mental it is that we could possibly be starting football games about without John Joe Shelby, Dwight Gale and it might have even been the cells as well and the same thing's happened again this season like I genuinely think Key should start ahead of Shelby um, going forwards for the time being at least um, we saw last year when Marino taking Shelby's place it actually fired him up a bit and he came back even better than before so you know only yeah. good things can come from this hopefully um, Perez we all know what what Perez can be it's just he has these throughout his entire Newcastle career he has these spells where he just goes missing for a little bit and then he comes back and he's absolutely awesome again uh, see the first half of last season in the, the large parts of the championship season he would just go missing he's got in the box I don't think we've got better finisher of the ball and I think he's probably up there finishing wise with most people in the Premier League in in the box and I just hope he can actually like get a bit of consistency now rather than just doing it over sort of 10 games and then fading off like we've seen him do in the past uh, and shit I didn't realise this but he finished the game with a broken nose he played mo- most of the game with a broken nose which is absolutely meant I've got a lot of time for that uh, most modern footballers would have gone off with a broken nose so uh, there's big respect for Shea for that yeah fair play I mean to, to be fair Shea and Fernandez seem like a couple of hard bastards that the proper get stuck in I mean that ludicrous foul Shea made in the second half just to just a scythe down, I think was it was it Cook or or Brooks, um, just absolutely wiped him out just to just to stop an attack and took his yellow card. Like fair play to him. Um, when you get a chance, have a look yeah, at his disciplinary I, record. Sure, gets it that gets booked in basically every other game throughout his entire career. <laughs> it's, mental, it's mental. He's an absolute ratty. It's it's really hard to to imagine why that is um, based on what we've seen so far. So yeah, um, it is good. I think you're right, Bolland. Um, it would be very unfair for Key not to to retain his place even if Shelby's fit after the international break I think uh, you've got it a harder one yeah I was going to say I was just going to say you, you've got to go with a hot hand and yeah I think it's it's definitely a good thing I mean the we've, we've said it for years the the more competition we've got in this squad the better it brings out the players that season when we had when, when we, we finished fifth in the party we had we had two players pretty much in every position going in for, for a starting a starting spot and it pushed pushed players on Um and and as as you've all just alluded to there, Bolland, you, you saw last season as well when when we got a few different like a few more bodies in, um, it, it lifts the players and, and at this level you, you need that competition. It's not good enough to just sit, um, with the same eleven playing week in week out. You need people to come in, and that's the frustrating thing about the transfer windows. Is Newcastle United as a club have never understood the value of bringing in players to ch- to compete, and and for too long we've 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 just sort of rested on laurels, and you've got players like. So, for example, um, Kieran Clark, for example, still got a, a role to play, but he he was starting for us at the, at the start of last season, and we had Lejeune came in, and basically straight away it was obvious Lejeune was a better player. Um, 
this season we've obviously we've brought in Shaw and Fernandez now it's taken them a little bit longer to, to well share more more so it's taken them a bit longer to get his his recognition but um they've 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 come in and, and now you would say like you've you've got real op- options there in terms of um Fernandez and Lejeune both look really really good um bringing the ball out and very solid solid um defenders and then you've got sort of Sharon and Lascelles that could be vying for the other position which is sort of the more aerial ball position but I think we've we've got options now in that back four where we, we can rotate the defenders without um, sort of dropping off and that was obviously one of the issues last season was that um, when Lejeune went out we, we didn't quite have that um, that that sort of level to come up and, and be the backup it was a case of Paul Dummett or Kieran Clark coming in and the fact that their Clark is now the fifth or sixth um, option is, is only a good thing I think Fernandez has, has looked absolutely sensational since he's come in he's, he's reads the game really well he's, he's sort of recovery tackles I mean the the number of times where he's, he's sort of a, a striker gets away from him and he, and he comes back and makes that sliding tackle um, I mean I lost count how many times he was doing it yesterday and, and he's just absolutely brilliant at, no, no one really ever seemed to get past him and I think that that's going to be the fact. That's always going to be the foundation for Rafa Benitez's side. That you defend from the back, you make yourself difficult to beat, and then you do what you can at the other end of the pitch. And, and I think if we can keep that foundation, and that's why the army is so important as well. Um, if if we can keep that sort of back five, including the keeper back six, um, as a, a constant, then the players above them, can, uh, ahead of them, sorry, can can be rotated, and that's where your likes of key and even someone like Murphy. I mean, I know Murphy didn't get on the pitch yesterday, but we were talking about in pre-game, like. He just needs a bit of an opportunity to, to come in and, and do what he can. And, and Richie's um, performances have started to improve a bit now as well. Now now they've got a target man. So um, definitely, I think that the, the more the more um, options that we've got in positions, it's going to drive everybody on to improve and, and, and fight every week. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, we've been whinging about it all season. Uh, you can't just sit still as a club. You have to have, you have, to have competition in it. When when players come back fit, it's obvious. And when you've got people coming in out of the team and, and being a threat to the the kind of stalwart players, it just it just ups everyone's game. Like I can't think of how many players yesterday had their best game for Newcastle this season. I mean, obviously we won the game, but Dummett was next level. He was back to the best we've seen him because he's he's stagnated massively this season. Yedlin was excellent. Um, the whole defence was was brilliant. Um, Perez had his best game this season. Can I just jump in there so as well? The other, the other thing I really liked with with the the two that started at the centre backs, how many times did you see us playing playing sort of the ball out? And and it, I think the big the key thing we said it a couple of times on the match day was was composure. Key coming in did seem to, to relax other players, and you saw the likes of Cher and Fernandez playing like one twos with with the full backs in the midfield, and and we actually were looking to play the ball out, and that is a massive advantage for a team like us where Bournemouth were. We're pushing up and, and putting us under pressure. We were able to play the ball out and then turn turn the the, the tide on them and, and sort of have a go at them. And when you've got someone like Kennedy with the skill and the trickery and the pace that he's got, that's a real weapon to have. So again, yeah. I really like the look of look of that centre back partnership yesterday. Just to touch on key there again. This expression gets used too much in football, and I think sometimes the meaning of it gets a bit lost. But key's just a really tidy footballer. Like does this does <laughs> does the does the simple things superbly well. You know, like he, he must. I reckon he hates how much he gets described as a tiny <laughs> footballer. What does it mean, man? Go on, Bottom. What does it mean? What he's, is a he's, tiny? He's constantly he carrying just, around like a brush, a brush and a dustpan, like the. <laughs> <best time. laughs> he just does. He just does the really like the simple things. Like he know he makes the right decisions. He doesn't do anything too, like outrageous. You know, with, with Shelby, 
uh, you know, sometimes it comes off and it's amazing, but like it looks looks for like makes the difficult decisions too often. Whereas in key, it's it's all just like it's really simple. Very rarely gives the ball away. Um, yeah, I, I just thought he, I thought that describes him pretty well, actually, more so than most. Yeah, I'll I'll take that a bit further, Bolland. Uh, what I think we have in key is a player who has got Premier League experience, who is an international footballer. Cher is an international footballer. Fernandez has played international football, Premier League experience. Dubravka is an international footballer. Rondon is an international footballer. We're starting to get a team that's that's a Premier League team, and it is it is an improvement on where we were last year. We've got a lot of Championship players. We've got Richie. We've got Lascelles who of brilliant hard-working players and have excelled themselves far beyond what we thought they could but they're still not Premier League or international quality players hey, Richie to the point the where well, not anymore now he's piled off very, very occasionally <laughs> um, that's more done what, what I mean by that is, is, is what you've kind of alluded to it's the simple stuff and I don't think it's the doing the simple stuff it's the doing the simple stuff fast and efficiently Key does the simple five-yard passes but quickly he moves the ball quickly Sharon Fernandez moves the ball quickly to play Rafa Benitez-style football where you kind of move side to side, run down the channels, you have to be able to move the ball quickly. And sometimes I think you know, the likes of Richie um, Lascelles and Shelby's been guilty of it recently. I'm not doubting Shelby, Shelby is a quality, probably still our best football player, but we've been really guilty of moving the balls too slowly and just kind of terrible touches here and there. Having these kind of proper footballers, proper p- players who play for their countries, as, you, as the spine of your team we just look a different side and we were just excellent the last couple of games because of it um, and it's a shame we haven't been able to kind of get Key involved more before now Kennedy as well obviously when when he's back on his game he is just you know next level yeah so <laughs> I guess that finishes that point <laughs> um, another another kind of talking point of yesterday is or the last two games even um, following some of the kind of stuff that happened pre-Watford with Lascelles and kind of the fans taking another battering and we need to be united and get behind the team. I think the atmosphere at St James's for the last two games has also um, been next level and yeah, all right, it's it's much easier to kind of be up for it when, when you're winning games but I thought the atmosphere for Watford was good before we scored. The atmosphere yesterday before we scored and you know when they'd scored was still really good and really positive. Um, the both games there's been less than 50,000 there is it fair to say uh, Ben because you were there yesterday um, are we is the crowd almost better off when there's there's 3,000 people who clearly don't fancy it don't come to the game and just generally uh, have you, did you notice a difference in the atmosphere yesterday Ben yeah I mean I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's better that people don't come Um I mean, obviously those people have got their reasons for not coming, so I wouldn't necessarily be there on the side of sort of criticising anybody, but um, <laughs> definitely in terms of the, the, the actual, we'll say the performance of the crowd, I mean, I, I, I hate to use the term, but they, the the way we operate, you were right, there was a, a marked improvement in, in the, um, I think it's the reactions to, to things in the game, so for example, when we conceded, um, we there wasn't that sort of like moan of like oh here we go again and and even in the second half there was there was times where uh, and it hasn't happened before now and it was one of the things I, I criticised I think the the crowd a couple of weeks ago for was that we yes I'd always get the argument that um that the team have got to give you something to get excited about but there was times yesterday especially towards the end of the game where the crowd um got just started singing for 
for no real I mean obviously we were under pressure but the crowd got involved and, and you can see that that it lifts the players and it gives them that energy and I think that that's what we need to do yeah like the the players did their part in terms of they gave us the, the 90 minute performance that we well it was like 115 or something stupid by the end of it but um they, they put in the graph for so long and, and that was reciprocated by the crowd and, and at times when they you could see they were lagging then the crowd knew when they went to get up for it and, and start singing again so um I think yeah it was a much much better atmosphere yesterday it was like I was really pleased to hear um at the actual support the support like for the team and uh I, I think um, obviously we, we can't sort of it's it, I think there's two issues here there's, there's obviously the the whole sort of anti-Ashley stuff which shouldn't be forgotten and I don't think we can we, we should be um, sort of coming back away from that we shouldn't be moving away from that there should still be the pressure put on the board and all the rest of it but equally we need to separate that with the, the, the team as well and we need to still support the team in Rafa um, so I, I think yeah it was it was spot on yesterday and uh, I would I would encourage everyone to carry carry that on so I watched this on a dodgy stream yesterday and it, one thing most football grounds but more noticeably St James's Park because obviously I watch a lot more of them on telly is you don't really ever hear our fans um, and not particularly loudly yesterday it was so loud on the telly which is a pretty abnormal for it it sounded absolutely class um, so yeah well done lads I can hear you on the telly <laughs> cheers Bolland yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I, there was so much less negativity. I don't know what it is. Obviously, when we when we start a game well and we we got we took the lead. Um, and to be honest, even against Watford, we were we were giving them a game. And first off, we weren't very good. And there was a bit of moaning and groaning, but no, nothing like we've had in previous weeks. And I totally get that. It was, it's been such a demoralising season to get to where we were at the start of November and be like, you know, winless. And how much more can you give before you just you just want to just just want to go nuts and kick off? But credit to the fans for turning it around the last couple of weeks as well as the players because I think everyone was suddenly pulling together ironically after after Lascelles' rallying cry um, in the same sentence he praised Mike Ashley but we'll forget that for now um, It's it, it, no one could accuse this fans of not being behind this team and with the team still in spite of the, the shock and start we had um, and yes we've had bad fixtures but you know it was looking pretty bleak two weeks ago and yes we've probably all at the start of the show said we might have overreacted slightly and these lads need a bit more credit because they, they've been trying the whole time and they maybe just needed that bit of luck to get the to get the wins and the pressure's off now so um, the next few weeks will tell we've got a, a, a Burnley sider in poor form we've got West Ham at home West Ham are shipping goals all over the place Everton not an easy game but beatable and then the, the Wolves game um, then Huddersfield and Fulham we've got you know if we're not t- talking about winning four out of those six games um there's got to be something wrong with this because we're, you know, we're, we're as you said, uh, Ben, form team after two two wins at, at our end of the table, so so why not? Um, and yeah, the atmosphere can only get better. Um, I kind of hope that the that the three thousand people who sacked off those two games um, stay away because it was good and enjoyable. And um, if it's anything to go by, I'd rather it was just the same people turn up at the next game. Um, right, lads. We'll, move on from that uh, any other kind of individual performances stood out for anyone I know we've, we've covered all the kind of lads that come at the team um, but Bolland was there anyone else that stood out for you well he stood out but he, he shouldn't have stood out really with Dubravka because it was just another standard absolutely class performance from him some, some absolutely yeah. vital saves um, but I guess you could, you could talk about Dubravka every week because he's just an absolute worldy goalkeeper 
Yeah. But apart I was going to say there was the the Sorry. save the save you made before the goal was outrageous. Like, um, I haven't seen the replay of it, but just it live, I was like, oh, they've they've scored here. And uh, he, I, he just again, he's just he's so assured. Like he's good with the ball at his feet. He does everything. Um, sort of just makes everything look really simple and it's just a common presence and there was times yesterday where like he, he was um, coming out and sort of help, helping out the back four like claiming balls and things like that and it's just it is like just a massive massive help like to have a, a quality keeper at the back I mean I, I don't know that we would have necessarily had that that result with any of the other keepers um, at the club yesterday not not that sort of um, want to be too critical at them but um, it's just Dubravka is like what a find he's been like basically reserve keeper in in Slovakia or wherever it was he's playing or, or the Czech Republic but uh, to come in and, and do what he's done I mean that there'll be a lot of teams if he if um, <laughs> there'll be a lot of teams looking at him I think in the next couple of years if he carries on playing the way he is he's not he's not he's not yeah. actually that young I don't think Dubravka is he I think he's he's sort of peak these are the peak years of Dubravka he's, he's in his he's, he's in 20, his mid to late 20s I was going to say but that Bolin that's young for a keeper well, is it? Yeah, I think, I think footy manager folklore say that keepers peak around 32, so it's got a good few years yet. Um, <laughs> Ivrovka was was unreal yesterday. Um, there was an out, I think it was first half an outrageous save from a close range header. Um, the, the save he's made before their offside goal um, was just class, and it again it's he, he adds to that that kind of calmness we had uh, defensively. Where, where I mean, again, Bournemouth were 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 pressing us quite high, um, and putting us under pressure. But the the you know Cher coming in, Key and Dubravka are all quite happy to move the ball side to side and just kind of get themselves out of trouble. No panic and no just like slicing it back to the opposition and putting us under pressure. We were quite good at playing the ball out yesterday, and Dubravka is central to that. He's he's happy to come and claim a ball, and play the ball quickly if there's an option or not. He, you know he, he he can kick it obviously, but. He's just, it's just it's so different to what we've had again for for several years since since when Krull was actually good. We've just had keepers who can't really kick, who panic and stay really close to their line and don't really help the defence. Just it's just another layer of kind of comfort we have defensively, which is which is class. Um, ben, was there anyone else yesterday? Um, I don't know, I don't know if there's anyone we haven't praised to be honest. <laughs> uh, I was going to say I think we've, we've probably done all the plays. I mean I think just the, yeah we've, we've already said it the, the team and. Everyone had a really good game yesterday, and it was it was good to see. I think that the work rate was back. I mean, Richie is probably the one one of the ones I haven't mentioned was probably wasn't one of his best games in terms of his attack and play, but his work rate was was brilliant. And just it it surprised me. Just obviously, Bournemouth have been on a cracking run. Like they've Eddie Howe's just been made manager of the month, and and I was expecting that to be a really tough game, and and them coming and sort of potentially try and play us off the park um, and just if, if you'd have said it, it at the end of the game which team there is, is the sort of the, the natural footballing team I don't think you could have told the difference because, and that just shows how good a performance it was from our guys that, that we, we we were the better side and especially um, the second half when, when they naturally the game turned and we started to tire a bit and they they sort of came came on to us a bit um, we, we, we still um played some nice football and, and, and created some really good counter-attacks where really we, we could have scored a few more goals really if, if, if our finishing had been better I think Perez missed a couple um, Rondon missed a couple so um, yeah it was it was just a, a, a great great um, performance from, from everybody and 
and uh, I would include Rafa in that as well in terms of the tactics and things he got it spot on and, and even the changes towards the end of the game when, when we went five at the back and it seemed to be battening down the hatches we were sort of laughing and joking about it the the changes worked that it came on and we didn't really have any any moments um, other than the offside um, sort of uh, offside uh, save that Dubravka made and, and the sort of potential goal there um, I thought the, I thought the decision to bring uh, Kieran Clark on and go to five at the back was like a really good decision. Um, yeah, Bournemouth it negated them so much, didn't it? Bournemouth absolutely feed off the game, sort of descending a little bit into chaos and becoming a bit frantic. And it was we were starting to become a bit afraid, and then we made that change. Yeah, and Rafa's just calmed the whole situation down, and basically like Bournemouth game plan was just hoying men forwards and just making you panic. Just didn't work because Rafa's just calm head just translated straight under the pitch with that with that change, and it was just like we just saw it out. And I didn't at no point did I yeah. think they were gonna. They were going to make a point after that. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. Yeah, I, I did want to talk about the substitutions actually, because last week, whilst the subs changed the game, you could argue they were kind of forced because all three were injury. I mean, Rafa started to put the right players in the right positions and it worked, but, you know, it, it's hard to give him all the credit for subs that he was forced to make. Uh, this week, I thought the substitutions were all excellent and they might not have been everyone's cup of tea. It's the sort of subs that might have got a few boos a few weeks ago, um, taking Kennedy off again for, for Clark. Uh, we were a bit scratching our heads but at the same time you're right I thought we'd kind of lost our way and in the last 20 minutes of the game there was you know we needed to do something to kind of just make sure we solidified our position um, and it worked perfectly I think you also had share on your yellow card so just adding another centre half in there who could you know do a job basically Callum Wilson was, was, was causing us quite a few problems and then they brought Defoe on and it was a bit of a here we go lads we know what's going to happen here but to their credit, the credit, the 5 2 1 2 formation that it seemed to end up with because Diame went off for Atsu and Richie had gone off for Hayden. We just had we had such a strong, such a strong defensive uh, way to see out that game. And it was, yeah, I don't know where Hayden was playing, I've got no idea. And then Atsu seemed to be up front with Rondon, but it worked because when we did kind of get the ball back, he was a really good outlet. For credit to Atsu, he gave a really good 10 15 minutes. Um, just running up, running the ball up the other end of the pitch. He didn't really do anything, but he did. He did the job he was put on the pitch to do. And Rondon and Diame were uh, Rondon and Atsu were a brilliant outlet just to get us out of trouble. And we just saw the game without really any any major issues um, apart from the the disallowed goal at the end, which was which offside, which was Dan Gosling uh, of all people. I didn't realise he'd come on, but he came on at half time apparently. Yeah, he did. Had a, he had quite a few good chances, Dan Gosling actually. I don't know where he's pulled that, pulled yeah. that from his locker because he was pretty awful for us but I mean I can't even remember him playing for his Bolland if I'm honest I remember him scoring against Can you think Man of it? City when we got beat like 6-1 or 5-1 uh, yeah yeah he did do that mm. yeah so we've literally literally praised the whole team uh, Ben you did mention yeah we, we, we could have had more um, Rondon's had a really good chance uh, to, to kill off the game towards the end and Keeper's got a good touch on it Begovic was pretty good actually he made some decent saves Um Perez, typical Perez, first half when they just scored at 2-1, had a chance to just put his three up again, uh, two up again, and it was a really good chance. And he's pulled it wide. Um, really want to see him start putting them away. Can't can't let him get too many more of those chances get missed in the Premier League. Um, Richie had a good chance second half where um, came came in and the ball was played across and he just pulled it wide. Uh, well, it was Richie's best game this season for me. Um, and he didn't didn't seem to mind going off because he looked absolutely knackered when normally he's going absolutely tits up being subbed. So, yeah, quality all round and really enjoyable. Um, 
I don't think there's much more to say, lads. It's international break, which is a shame because we're just hitting form and it's a it's a stupid weekend of friendlies that nobody wants and it's the last thing we need when, when things have been going so well. Um, uh, have you know the Nations League is not a friendly, a serious competition side. <laughs> Are yeah. you not excited for Wayne Rooney's farewell? No. Um, I mean, <laughs> let's not talk about it because it's just stupid. Um, it it should be it should be a testimonial, but it, sh- it shouldn't be an England international where the players are getting caps. It's just it's just mental. It just makes a mockery of the whole thing. The England cap is being just you know devalued by such such occasions. Um, so yeah, international break followed by Burnley away um, on a Monday night, which will be brutal for anyone travelling. Um, we did it on a Monday a few years ago, didn't we, Ben? Absolutely hideous. We did. It's just such a grim, grim, cold place in December, uh, in in winter. Wouldn't want to do that. Um, then we've got some some nice games coming up after that. West Ham Wolves. Um, for me, I, I don't know if we should talk about the boycott because obviously there's a lot of stuff um, being said. Oh, we've won a couple of games now. No one will do the boycott. I'm still all for it. By the way, nothing changes. I think all all these two games have demonstrated is that because we're so stupid and run the team so bad run the club so badly in terms of leaving everything to the last minute and delaying transfers and where it left Rafa for the first 10 games yet this is what we could have done if we did it properly um, so for me all it does is add to that frustration at the way this club is run and that something needs to change lads do you are you still all for boycott Wolves? yeah 100% I'll I'll just coming sorry Bonin. like I, I made the point before I think um, it, it, there's two different issues here so it's it's obviously the, the regime the, the club and, and then the team so definitely when you go to games go and support the team but we can't forget that there's there's a bigger picture here there's bigger issues that, that shouldn't be forgotten and when I was talking about the atmosphere um, earlier as well like it, it's key that we still keep the pressure on and we don't let them get off the hook you, you mentioned it there about they the, the sort of might get away with it. We, we can't let them this keep happening. We we need to keep this fight going, and and that's why the boy, the whole point of the boycott. It's not to punish the players or punish the, the manager or whatever. It's it's purely to to show the the regime that we're not comfortable. We're not happy with it with how things are being run, and and that we want to change. And and just because we've won a couple of games and, and potentially we stay up again this season, and, and if even if we have a good season, the the fact that. We're we're in this predicament where it's it's up in the air. It shouldn't be up in the air. We've got a world class manager. We've got some good players that we should have built on. Like this this Newcastle United team in in its second season should have been pushing on for for looking at a, a better finish in the tenth and maybe even looking to sort of take 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 on one of the cups in a cup run or something. Instead, it's it's back to the same old and and we've gone we've had our worst start in in ten years and and the. Yes, it can. A lot of people will say, "Oh, well, the Rafa, uh, Rafa and the team are getting off the hook a bit," but they're allowed to because you can't you can't judge them fairly while while they're being um, forced to work on a budget without any um, improvements coming in and without any sort of opportunities to to improve. Um, I mean, the, the things aren't going to get any better anytime soon, especially if we carry on. If if, if people forget about this just because we won a couple of games, then it just makes us look look a mockery really of the whole situation so we need to keep the pressure on definitely every anyone that's looking to, to boycott walk, um, Wolves or that was looking at it should should do so and, and encourage everybody like just have a think about it it's one game it's not it's not gonna it doesn't make you any less a fan if you don't go it, the whole point is, is we, we're looking to, to send a message to the owner that we want him gone and I think the if, if 
the worst thing that could happen would be that we, we go on a little run now and everybody forgets about how how bad we felt over the summer in this last 10 games um, about the owner that, that needs to carry on and, and we need to keep that message consistent going forward yeah it's a, it's a really weird situation isn't it where we've got some nice winnable games and we want to win them but that shouldn't detract from from the action and yeah boycott might not be a cup of tea it might not be something you agree with but how hard is it to to just not go to one game on a Sunday afternoon it's a, it's a brutal kickoff time Sunday 4 o'clock anyway for transport it's easy just to sack it off and it's not again it's not about you're right Ben it's not about um, um, impacting Ashley on that individual day it's not about ticket sales on that day it's about making a point that we're not happy it's about it's a televised game it's about letting the, the world know that Newcastle aren't happy even if we're 10th in the league if we're 10th in the league and a, and a boycott goes ahead it has an even bigger impact it's going whoa they're 10th yeah, and they're still they're still angry with this guy and then people will start asking the right questions and hopefully we've got the right people out there in the media to help us out with that because you know we've seen Ashley wheel out all sorts of dirge onto Sky Sports and Talk Sport to, to talk us down and to kind of talk up his his role at the club but we want we want to make them uncomfortable it's not again yeah it's not about oh he's already got your ticket money lads yes of course he does he doesn't care he doesn't care about that the TV money is far more important but if we can make him uncomfortable if we can get start putting the pressure on him this is just one of a million ways it can be done and some lads are, are making all the effort to arrange these things and to sit there and say I'm not going to do that because I'm not being told what to do quite frankly it's just really selfish come up come up with an alternative or do, do take part in anything else I very much doubt anyone who actively uh, disputes a boycott and goes deliberately um, is doing anything else to help so you know, it's always going to be your decision. I'm not saying that we're, we're telling you what to do. No one can tell anyone what to do. But it's it's very hard to come up with a reason not to do it now. And if we're all pulling in the same direction and want this guy out of our club, then why not try it? What, what harm can it do? And there's other people saying, oh, well, you know, we're after we've had good atmosphere the last couple of games. We're cracking on because the St James's has been a bit more positive. Probably true. It, it does have an impact. But if Newcastle United can't stay up in the Premier League because of a few less fans coming to one game in December, then there's, that's the problem personified, you know? So you can say, oh, yeah, well, you, it's going to be detrimental to the team, but that, that one game shouldn't define our season, so that's bullshit as well. Bolland, I know you've uh, you've made arrangements to come up <laughs> for that weekend from London. Um, has your position changed on it at all? Uh, no, I think the boycott should still go ahead. It's just... It's just a colossal shame that it's got to happen. I mean, we've seen, I mean, you, you guys experienced it yesterday, but from what I heard on the telly, that you know, the atmosphere was incredible. Watford, like the atmosphere that erupted prior to us scoring the the goal, was like a huge contributing factor. I reckon in us getting getting those three points because like the atmosphere visibly rattles teams at St James's Park, especially. You know the smaller sides like like Watford and Bournemouth who come to St James's Park, and no doubt, you know Wolves, Wolves as well. It would have the same effect. Um, you know, Newcastle fans can be that tough man. I mean, Rafa keeps saying it, but against Watford and by all accounts yesterday, it is true. So it's just, it's just such a massive shame that that gets come to this, where like Newcastle fans are going to have to not go to the game. And it will hinder the performance slightly to make a point to a, a fat bloke who doesn't really care. Like he'll probably find it quite funny. You can see him now sat in the stands with with Bishop and Charlie having a giggle about it. Probably like it's just that it's, is a sad it's thing. And that shouldn't deter us. It is tragic, and that shouldn't deter us from still wanting to do it. Um, 
because you're absolutely right. He, he probably won't bat an eyelid. And, and on TV, where people will be looking to him for reaction, the cameras will look at him. Um, he'll be probably spotted laughing, and that's just how the bloke is. Um, but that in itself is another reason to protest, because we've got this absolute cretin who seems to relish the the kind of misery of others, and it's just yeah. He's a, he's I'm, a I'm, sociopath, and he's just he enjoys the yeah, enjoys the conflict. I reckon. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, right lads, that, that probably just about does it. Um, <laughs> we're, we're trying to keep it positive because we won the game, but there's still bigger things going on at the club, and um, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of that. Uh, Bolland, Ben, thanks very much for joining us. Um, this was the True Faith podcast, brought to you um, in association with Fans Bet. If anyone doesn't know what that is yet, uh, we've we've partnered up with uh, Fans Bet. They're a new online betting company, much like all the others. Um, however, 50% of their net profits, or 50% of your losses as a as a participating bet, better um, go towards causes um, in into football basically like True Faith like the Food Bank like all sorts of things like that so you can sign up and you can choose where your money goes um, if, if you lose obviously you can still win bets um, that is the fun of gambling um, <laughs> for those who, who want to do it um, anything else lads yeah um, obviously Patreon as well uh, this this is a free show but we do two to three three to four extra shows a week um, through the medium of Patreon if you don't know who that is um Check the descriptions in the in the tweets and um, of the podcast that um, you're listening to now, um, because it's cracking. We're putting a hell of a lot of effort into loads more shows during the week. Um, so if you like what you hear, for only five pound a month, you can hear it three or four more times in the week. Who wouldn't want to do that? Okay, lads, thanks for joining us. Uh, see us. See us next week. Cheers, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.